Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Isaiah 53, 4. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Let the Lord, excuse me, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have together. I thank you, Father, that there's things that are in your heart that you desire to reveal and to do tonight. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd prepare us to receive all that you have for us. I pray and ask for an anointing upon myself to preach your word, to uh, minister to all those here and those watching uh, wherever they're at, Father. You would release your power and your might, fresh faith and vision and encouragement tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go and be seated. One of my favorite topics in recent days is that of, of healing and miracles. And the reason is, that more than ever before, I see uh, a need for it. And uh, there's a number of reasons that I, I think that that is, and we'll look at that here in a moment. Uh, but everywhere I go, I find many, many people, really more than I've ever seen in my life. I've seen uh, more people sick, more, more people uh, uh, hurting, in need of healing, in need of a miracle. Uh, more people, and I want you to hear me, more people who've been afraid for their health, afraid that they're going to die. In the past two years, I've had many, many, many people from every walk of life reveal to me that they have been struggling under a weight of fear that's kept them awake, kept them stressed and anxious in their lives. And, and there's a demonic assignment and um, I want to talk about a number of things that, that I've noticed from um, the recent pandemic. Um, as I've shared a little bit this morning, I love research. I love studies. Um, I'm probably one of the few people that if you're talking about some study you read, I'm going to be like scooting closer to hear what the findings were because that just excites me, that interests me. And there's a number of things that, that as a result of some things that have happened in this season um, are what I believe to be co-factors to the increase in, uh, um, in illness, the increase even in deaths, uh, not just in our nation but worldwide. And um, one of the things is, I believe that, that, and I don't like putting too much emphasis on the things of the enemy. I think he gets too much credit uh, anyway. Uh, however, it's important to understand um, uh, at times the, the ways that he works. Um, the spirit of fear has really been evident. Um, and just to be transparent, I, I personally had to uh, battle that level of fear that I've spoken about. And afterwards, 
talking to other pastors and ministers, evangelists, prophets, uh, business people, really every walk of life, and come to find out many people from, from different countries and all over the place, different ages, fearing for their lives, which is notable to me. So before we get into really the points that I have, I have three points of where the, the enemy has used the current pandemic to, I would say, to continue his work of stealing and killing and destroying. Number one, negative declarations. Negative declarations. The Bible says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 It talks about being uh, judged even for everything that we speak. And I began to think about that factor. That if we're going to be held accountable even for idle words, that means that there's power. That means there's power in what you say. If you're to be held accountable before the Lord for the things that you say, that means the things that you say matter. I believe that when we speak that there's a creative aspect To that, I believe that for a number of reasons, if you look in the book of Genesis, the very beginning, when God formed man in his likeness, he also breathed his own breath into man. That means that the same breath that said, let there be light, is dwelling within us. And I believe that when we speak, things come about. So much so, I want you to hear me, so much so that that, um, they've got these studies that people that speak things over their lives, it manifests physically. There was notable studies where, where women that believed that they were pregnant and said that they were pregnant began to, they began to manifest in their bodies. And not that they actually had a baby, but their body conformed to their declaration. And so what we've got today is that, that due to do, uh, um, the fear of the current pandemic, and let me say this before I continue on, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I very much believe that, that it is a real illness. So don't think I'm saying that it's not and you're going to turn it off. You can, you can decide not to listen to, believe anything I say afterwards, but, but don't turn it off right now. Um, I, I know it's a very contentious topic. However, what we say has an effect. Now, what we've seen in the United States and all over the world, through the media, through social media, and really every, every avenue where you can voice an opinion, um, a, a clear declaration that people are going to get sick, so many people are going to die, and, and you see that become a cofactor in the, the, the morbidity, in the, the increase in illness, and in the increase in, in uh, um, death and destruction in our nation, that we're seeing the fruit of our lips. We're seeing the fruit of the declarations that's being made across the world. And it doesn't really, even if you're a Christian or not not a Christian, there is a, a, a manifestation to what you're saying. They'll, 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 they'll show that, that people that declare that they're sick, well, they get sick. Secular scientific studies have shown and have proven that fact that what you declare will begin to be released within your body. So we see that as a cofactor. Secondly, um, isolation. One of the things that have been pushed uh, by, by governments, uh, by media, by everybody, uh, by, by many people, I'll say it that way, is that of isolation. You've got to separate yourself. You've got to quarantine. Even if you're healthy, you've got to separate yourself. One of, the, 
most powerful, amazing studies that, that it blows my mind that nobody talks about. It is a proven study of millions of people that if you socially isolate yourself for an extended period of time, it increases your, your chance of, of uh, a premature death by 30%. 30, it's the same as smoking. It's, it's the, the highest morbidities. Understand what I'm saying? Yet we're, we're pushing that as the healthy choice for your life. Now, let me, and you can go look it up. I believe uh, uh, Lindstadt is the name, last name of the person who headed up that study. Um, however, there's another side to that. Listen to me. If you, it shows if you have a strong social network like you find right here, at church, if you have a strong social network, you know what they find? It can increase your longevity by 50%. That's a huge margin. Okay, 50%, what does that look like? If you're projected to die at 60, that's 90. And so we know that it's not an exact measure, but that's a huge, huge number. And so if you take that study and that information, you go, we can see that the... the um, the issue that it's caused with the lockdowns and, and with, with uh, people even um, pushing each other out and breaking the breaking down of their social networks. So that's number two. Number three, and the last one I'll point out, number three is the closing of churches. Um, and I know that, that even our church here and, and we did as well in Bristol Bay, when it first began for a short period of time, we, we decided it was uh, uh, proper to honor the, the uh, um, leaders of the authority in our state and, and follow through with the, the mandates. However, there are many churches across our nation who've chosen to close their doors for an extended period of time. Can I tell you that there's a tremendous study that shows that, that the, the that the number of churches and people attending church have an effect on the morbidity numbers in a, in a city? There's a proven study outside. It, this wasn't done by Christians. This wasn't done by churches. This is done by, by the secular sciences that, that the church has an effect on the, the, the lifespan of the people in the city. Because, and, I, and this is what I believe, that when we gather together, not only are we declaring the greatness of God and, and affecting the spiritual atmosphere by declaring life and health, and, and really just, just, even when we just praise God, it releases, the Bible says it releases health to us. But we're also combating the, the demonic powers and principalities within a region and coming against the activities of the work of the enemy. Understand, Jesus said that he came to destroy the works of the devil. And we as his people today have been, been um, placed under the, the responsibility of carrying on that work to destroy the works of the devil. And that's what the, the church does as we gather together. That's why it's so important for you to be in church. I'll tell you this, if you're watching over the stream, I love you. I'm so glad, so glad that you're watching. But if that's all that you do, and if you never uh, grace a church with your presence, then you, not only are you robbing the church because you're needed in the church, uh, but you're robbing yourself. And it's not the same watching online. We have a, a radio station 
uh, in our church in Naknek, and we we live uh, we do all our services live over the radio, which is we've got so many powerful testimonies of how God has reached into people's businesses and their homes, and they turn the radio on right at the right time. I, I I'll say this one testimony: a lady uh, said she had just been praying, God, if you're real, then you've got to tell me, and she turns on the radio just you know after praying that, and said, I believe it was. Um, Pastor Jesse Duplantis, that in you might have been just asking God to give you a sign if he's real or not. This is your sign. I'm telling you he's real. Come on, and those are the kind of testimonies we're hearing. However, I tell them over the radio, I love you. I'm so glad that you're connected with this over the radio. It's not the same as you being here and being a part of what God is doing and being able to be encouraged and encourage others. So I've got, I've, I have more things I could add based on some different studies and research um, that's been done that um, it surprises me that more people aren't talking about. Um, however, I want to get into what I believe God wants to release this evening, and that's what we've been called to work in the opposite spirit. The Bible says that the enemies come to steal, to kill, and to destroy but Jesus has come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. However, what I'm finding is that God's people are the avenue by which he releases that life. That he releases that life into the, the communities, into families, into regions. And even as we gather together this evening, while many are probably watching the Super Bowl, um, which I don't, I'm not sure who's even playing. It's been a while since I watched um, not since the, the Packers game where everybody was cheated. Like, I don't know, it's probably 10 years ago now, I'm getting older. Seems recent. But I want to talk about healing. And, and this, is, this comes from, remember I shared this, the fear of your own death. This comes from my overcoming that fear of my health. I'm just being transparent for the reason that I believe more people in here than want to admit it have in the past couple of years had to overcome that. Or maybe you're still going through it right now. And it's been found in one of the, again, a crazily proven study that stress and anxiety uh, have, have tremendous detrimental effects to your physical body, not just your mental health, your physical body. And uh, I want to com combat those things. What God did for me, is that he, in that time, he gave me a word. It was Psalm 30, verse 2. And I'll never forget it. Psalm 30, verse 2. Psalm 30, verse 2 says, I cried out to you and you restored my health. And he gave me a promise in my spirit that if I would cry out to him, that he would do so. That he would restore my health. And it was from that moment that I became a journey, began a journey in God to prove in myself, to to get it settled within my spirit that God, that the healing power of God is for today. I want you to hear what I said, that, that it began a journey in me to settle in my spirit, to convince myself that the healing power of God is available for today. That, that God's will is for you to be healed. And so what did I do? I began to study scriptures and everything I could find. I would listen to T and read T.L. Osborne and John G. Lake and watch if 
you might not know this, but you can get on YouTube and you can watch Jack Coe and see a tumor fall off a lady's faith. You can get on YouTube and watch A.A. Allen pray and see the, the bones that um, in, in a, there's, a, there's a boy with uh, no bones in his legs get healed. Bones are, are released into his legs. You can watch that. You can watch videos of Catherine Coleman instead of whatever you're binging on Netflix. You can, you can build your faith in the area of healing and begin to, to have it settled. I want you to hear me. Settled within your spirit that, that God, des- God not only desires to heal you, his power is available to you and he, he wants to do that within you. There's healing for you. Psalm 30 verse 2 again, I cried out to you, restored my health. Isaiah, uh, excuse me, uh, Exodus 15. You, I am your God who heals you. The, re- the scripture that we just read, which is amazing to me, if you study this, Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed, we're made whole. Um, part of what, would, what we call the suffering servant prophetic word. If you don't know what that is, and I, I'm not going to take a lot of time in it, but, a, but the, one of the reasons that neither the Pharisees, the Sadducees, or even Jesus' disciples really understood who he was as the Messiah because they had two pictures from prophetic words. There's one, there's the Messiah. They had another picture of another person separated from the Messiah, the suffering servant. In their eyes, there were two different, you know, we look at it now, and it's like, that's obviously Jesus. That's obviously the Messiah, but that's not the perspective that they had. That's why when Jesus came and, and he didn't establish a kingdom like the disciples thought he would, and he ended up getting whipped, and he ended up getting beaten, and he ended up dying on the cross. That's why you don't see them there. Because this isn't the Messiah that the Bible was talking about. But they, what had happened is that they hadn't put together the suffering servant was the Messiah. And that's what the text that we're reading. Because what they didn't understand, that he would have to go through that within his flesh so that he can take the sickness and infirmity upon himself on our behalf. And it's by those stripes that we are healed, not will be healed, but his healing has been made available to us. So very quickly, three points, because I want to pray for people who need healing time. But specifically talking about coming against the... the uh, um, works of the enemy that have come as, as in partnership, I'll say it that way, with uh, um, the, the most recent pandemic. Number one is positive declaration. Positive declaration. Paying attention to what you're saying. When God began to reveal that to me, I, so many things in my vocabulary changed. So many things in my vocabulary changed. You know, I used to, and this is in a different vein, but, but very similar, um, I heard someone, and nothing wrong with what they were saying, but they were talking about um, provision. And they were leading the people in prayer, and they said, now I want you to say this, I need a financial miracle. And something bothered me. I didn't I said, I am a financial miracle. Do you understand the difference the Bible, the Bible doesn't talk about us being in need. It talks about the promises of God being more than enough within our lives. And so my, my, my speaking has changed. God 
is my healer. He has healed me. He's renewing my health. It's an active work in my life. Understand that salvation didn't just happen one time when you prayed a prayer. Actually, when the Bible talks about salvation, it's an ongoing work. And that ongoing work releases the power, the provision, the, the healing, the things that are needed in an ongoing way. So positive declaration. Let me, let me share with you again my journey. Psalm 30 verse 2. I cried out to you and you restored my health. And something would come up and I would be concerned in my body. God, you're restoring my health. In the next few moments, God, you're restoring my health. And I'm telling you, it was a, an unnatural fear. Things that I shouldn't be concerned about, being concerned about. And there's people, you're, you're hearing what I'm saying because it's, it's been happening to you or it has happened to you recently. You've got to declare the word of the Lord. And I'll tell you what happened to me. That it was so strong, the Psalm 30, verse 2, I will cry out to you and you, you restore, I cried out to you and you restored my health. It was so strong. And, and as I applied it to my life, it released faith and I would declare it and, and it built up a, a level of faith and confidence in the area of healing in my life. But over time, as it really became solidified in me, the, this, I don't know how better to say it, but the volume, like the actual intensity of it waned. And not that the, the reality of it changed, but what had happened is it become ingrained in the, I, I would say this way, the, the tapestry of faith in my life that it's it, it woven in now. Anybody ever make a quilt? I've never quilted. No, no quilters? Raise your hand. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Some guys are back there. <laughs> it's okay. But it doesn't just happen, right? You take one piece and you, you got to stitch it all in there correctly. And, and God began to speak to me. That's how his word works when we apply it to our lives. And people look at our lives down the road. Wow, what a beautiful quilt. But they weren't part of the process of stitching each word into our hearts and allowing God to, to, to get it solidified within us. They'll look at it beautifully. Oh, man, you know, you've got such faith for healing. You've got such faith for provision. Pray. I wish I had that. You don't know the process. You don't know what it took, the time to stitch each stitch, to get it within us, to get it within your spirit, that he, he is healing me, that there is healing for today. I don't want to take too much time on it, but one of the things that you've got to deal with is the negative theology concerning healing. Um, there's so much negative theology. Um, and, and I mean, if I could hit on a few things that, that people try to say, well, um, um, I mean, let, let me say this. I believe that God wants to heal everybody every time. I believe that. But I had to fight for that because there's a lot of theology that says otherwise. And so I'll just, off the top of my head, um, first of all, you've got, you've got uh, um, Peter. No, Paul, excuse me, Paul. They say, uh, he says he had a, a thorn in his flesh. They, people use that terminology. Okay. I heard this from Tiff Shuttlesworth, which I thought was amazing, that the only time you see that used in the Old Testament, and I understand that the Apostle Paul knew the Old Testament scriptures very well, and much of his writing came as a result that it was filtered through that. The thorn in the flesh was used in relation to people in the Old Testament. 
And so, God will forgive you for whoever you're thinking of right now. <laughs> but I can relate. I can relate. And however, if you would also want to say, okay, I don't believe that. I believe that it was an illness in his body. How do you know that God didn't heal him? How do you know? We, we, develop, we develop a theology of non-healing based on a, a section of Scripture where the Apostle Paul, you know, let me say this, Jesus was also tempted, but he didn't give in to temptation. How does that relate? Just because that, that, that there was a, a something that took place doesn't mean you take it out of context and make a whole theology out of one statement. I mentioned this morning the, the theology that um, where people pray, God, if it's your will, would you heal this person? Personally, I've never heard of anybody being healed by a prayer like that. Maybe you have. You can tell me later. Personally, I haven't. The Bible says that the, the fervent prayer availeth much. The fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. That there is a confidence and a boldness. That's why in, in the early church, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they, they faced opposition, that they prayed for boldness in the working of miracles. Even though that they were in trouble for boldness in the working of miracles, they recognized that there was an, at another level that was needed to be able to overcome the opposition to the word of God being spoken. But back to the theology of if it's God's will, then, then he'll heal. Uh, that's taken generally from the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus says, um, he gives the model for prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Okay, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so they took that, thy will be done, and developed a theology about that, that that's how we should pray. Oh, if it's your will, God do this. Oh, if it's your will, God do that. Instead, what, God, what Jesus is saying, that God's will that, that is manifest in heaven were to pray for the manifestation upon the earth. The, the, the understanding that we pray his will on earth as his will is in heaven. And I shared a little bit this morning because John G. Lake does a tremendous job of relating that. And if you ever have a chance, you go listen to, and I say listen to it because the audio book is, is tremendous just to hear, uh, Adventures in God John, about John G. Lake uh, on Audible. We, I like to listen to that. But he, he relates his, his perspective of uh, that text. And it comes through a vision that he had as he questioned God. And can I tell you, if you want to grow in your revelation and grow in your, uh, in your, your faith in, the, in the, the word of God, ask him questions and then keep asking until he gives you an answer. That's my way of studying scripture, that he'll always answer you. So he would ask, God, what is this? Because there was a prevalent theology in his day, this whole, if it's God's will. And so the angel, you know, he, he would look, um, John G. Lake would talk about looking down the streets where he lived, and he would see people limping. He would see people with disease. He would see people, obviously, with some type of illness. And uh, he t shares a story of a vision where an angel um, takes him into heaven, and he looks down the streets in heaven, and there's people, but nobody's limping, that nobody's sick. There's no sickness. There's no infirmity in heaven. And, and he asked the angel, why is this? 
Why is this? And the angel declares to him, because his will is done here. And that is the context that, that, that was then given to John G. Lake that he was to believe for that will, the same will where there's no sin in heaven, there's no sickness in heaven, to be released in the earth. Positive declaration. Know the word. Get it in you. I know, I know people where I talk about things like that, um, about healing or something of that nature and they go well I don't know and I think well when are you going to find out just I, I just for me just the way I am I'm like if I don't know something it, it bothers me it bothers me I don't really preach on some things that I don't I'm not um, settled in I don't like it get it settled number one positive declaration we got to come against the all the negative declarations more than ever before, I'm saying what we've been doing, let me just share with you. Um, I'm more blessed than I've ever been. I say that all the time. You know what? I'm going to give more than I've ever given this year. I'm just letting you know. And I said that last year, and it was true last year. It's going to be even truer this year. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I will not die. I will live and I will declare the praises of the Lord. Can I tell you, I posted that on Facebook. People loved it. Why? Because there's a time. There's a, this is a time for declaring. People want to hear the positive things of, of, of God and it releases life. Number two, fellowship. Fellowship. We talked about social isolation. Go to church. Again, if you're watching over the stream and you don't go to church, it's th this, what's happening right now, it's not enough. Get around other believers. That's why the Bible says not to forsake the fellowship of believers. Get together and, and don't just show up just so you can check it off your list. I had a one guy years ago, he came to church and he was leaving. He shook my hand. He said, well, preacher, I did my good deed for the week. Like him showing up for church on Sunday was his good deed. The whole aspect of a strong social network releasing longevity to your life goes beyond just showing up, but openness. Um, there are, I believe that there are things that can only be healed through, um, I don't want to say only, because the Bible doesn't necessarily say that. I don't want to say what the Bible doesn't say. What it does say is confess your sins to one another and, and be prayed for and be healed. There are things, let me tell you, and Craig Groeschel, Pastor Greg Groeschel does a great job. If you're struggling with sexual immorality, if you're struggling with pornography, um, any way I can help you, I want to help you because God's helped me in that area. But one of the things that when I was, when I was younger, God helped me, and you look up, Craig Groeschel's got a tremendous message on that. But he relates, relates it to actually a spiritual injury that you need to be prayed for, for healing for. And I'd never heard that before. And I found that, that things of that nature, you've got to expose and then be prayed for. When the Bible says to confess to one another and be prayed for, it's not like the Catholic Church shakes it where you receive forgiveness then by confessing to someone else who probably, I don't want to say probably has done worse than you, but needs, needs forgiveness just as much as you do. You confess for the purpose of healing. 
I, we have a lot of uh, EMTs and, and EMS in our, our church, and so I, when I talk about it, I say, you know what happens if you cover it up an infection? It doesn't heal. It gets worse. And if you keep it covered up, it'll kill you. It's the same thing with, with hidden sin, like, like sexual things in your life, pornography, things of that nature. Expose it. It's embarrassing, and it hurts, but it heals. And you're able to get prayed for, and that spiritual injury gets dealt with. So I want to add that in there to fellowship, because that's, that's one of the reasons that you need to be in church, to be around people, to be prayed for, and see healing. Number three, worship and praise. Worship and praise gets your eyes off of fear. Get your eyes off of just what's going on with maybe your body or the things that you, you know, your toe was itching and you looked it up on WebMD and now you're dying. I'm not even going to look at anyone because I know, I know there's, there's a plenty of people that are addicted to doing that and you sit under a weight of fear. Um, instead, you, you take those things and you, you worship. You worship the Lord. You begin to praise Him. That's why the Bible says to fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured cross, despising the shame. You got to fix your eyes upon him. I, I heard that years ago, um, probably from Pastor Daniel. I remember standing in that sound booth, very discouraged. All the lights were off. Everybody had pretty much left, and I was discouraged. And it was it was not a good moment. But but Pastor Daniel, I, I believe it was him. Might have been Pastor Chris because he would come quite a bit during that time. Uh, talked about praising God, worshiping God, and and it, it, changing your perspective because then you begin to see what you're dealing with through God's eyes, through the eyes of faith, instead of your own perspective, just looking at how much you're dealing with and God is so big and God, it's so terrible. And, and many times our prayers are just so focused on ourselves and our complaints that we miss out on th being able to see it through faith. That's why worship and praise is so amazing. You develop that in your life so that when problems come, God, I thank you that you're bigger than this illness. God, I thank you, Lord, that doctor's reports are subject to you. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're restoring my health. You begin to declare those things. Now, before I pray for, for healing, Minister Toby or whoever can play for me, would you come? I wanted to share a couple things that, that God has been doing. I was on the streets uh, in Dillingham a couple months ago. I was talking to a man, probably close to my age, but it just had such a difficult life, um, struggling with drug addiction and alcoholism. And um, he was, he could barely walk. You could just see him, couldn't barely bend his knees. He could, could barely walk. And uh, just ministering to a group of them there and praying for them and talking to them. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? I believe that God heals and he wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? So I remember I, I was praying for him, laid hands upon him. I prayed for him and uh, um, God touched his life. Where he was all hunched over and could barely move, he stood up straight, he jumped up and he said, I, I feel like I could run home. And his home was like 20 miles, completely healed where he could barely move before, jumping up and down, praising God.
we had a man who would, who came. He came up for prayer in Nacnic, and he said, "I've been struggling with anger. I think it's I think it's a demon because I just would lose it, get." want to kill people. We prayed for him. It's like something changed in his eyes. He said, I felt something leave me. And now his whole family is being changed. Really, it started by him listening to our radio station. God wants to heal you. I shared this statement this morning. If you're believing for healing and health for yourself, start praying for people for healing. Because what you're convinced of will manifest in your actions. So if you really believe in healing, then you're going to pray for people for healing. I guess we should start with if you really believed in prayer, that God answered prayer, you would pray. Maybe we got to start there. That's where I started. Moved from there. Are you convinced? And let me tell you, if you're not, and you're like, oh, I'm not. It's, uh, I know I'm not convinced, and I know that's why I'm not healed. One of the people in the Bible that I most relate to was this father who, in talking to Jesus about his son who was tormented. And when Jesus confronted him about, about his faith, he said, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I, I, I've related more to him lately than ever before because I believe and I still say, God, help me in my unbelief because there are areas in my life where he's still proving himself. I share that to say, don't allow even that to discourage you. Oh, I just don't have enough faith. You put your eyes upon him. You get in the word. Be in prayer. Get around people of faith. I mean, Sunday night, when lots of people are watching the Super Bowl, you're here because there's something that you need from God, and you know. And He wants to touch you, and He wants to heal you this evening. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's Word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.